In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 127th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We have several items for you today, but we're going to start and title this episode a chat with new Falcon, James Carpenter. Hey, uh, how's it been coming? You know, you from Augusta and everything. I don't know if you grew up a Falcons fan or not, but uh, what's it been like being with the team so far? Well, it's been great. Playing for the home team is, is awesome. You know, playing beside two great players too, so that's, that's helped me a lot. People get excited what's going to happen this year. Uh, did you um, remember Coach Chris from Seattle? Oh, yeah, of course yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. How can you forget him? Right. Uh, <laughs> what was that like, him as the assistant guy working with Cable? I remember Coach Cable. Cable used to be here too, and uh, you know, being here with him is y'all trying to get the unit together. Exactly the same. Funny guy, but just he's so um, serious and love football. He's he the same guy he was in Seattle. And um, you know, what do you hope to bring to the team? You know, a, a guy who's uh, played over 100, 100 starts in the league. I just plan on um, doing my part. I would say that I needed to leave, but we already got. The great um, Alex Mack and Jake there, so I'm just doing my part, trying to be the best offensive line group in the league. How do you feel things have gone for you since, you know, going to Alabama, making it to the league, and, you know, establishing yourself, uh, you know, along the way? Uh, I'm sorry. How do you feel about, you know, where you, you know, I know you don't want to retire, but when people look back on you, your career, and you know, being able to start Alabama, have success there, and then play, uh, you know, for as long as you have been in the field, how do you feel about that? Uh, hopefully everybody that I play with and against will say that I just play hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just leave it out on the field. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I want to be known for. Be known for. Yeah. Okay. All right, James. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. <laughs> James Carpenter has been lining up at the uh, starting right guard spot here in the OTAs and so forth. Uh, Started his career in Seattle, played for the New York Jets. Uh, Big guy, 6'5", 321 pounds. They're counting on him to to help anchor that left side of the line uh, in between Jake Matthews and Alex Mack. Also, last week we talked with uh, Desmond Trufant, and uh, um, you know this that one was uh, not in the one-on-one; it was at the podium. But uh, here is what Desmond Trufant had to say a, a little bit from him last week, starting left cornerback who's been switching sides here in the offseason as the Falcons try to decide if they can match at times with other receivers. And I mean, last year this time around, remember when they made the rule change, it was with lower in the head and things like that. Do you guys as defensive players think like, all right, another year, another another thing we can't do? Yeah, I mean, some things I get, you know, they're trying to, you know, protect players and, uh, you know, reduce concussions and, uh, you know, unnecessary collisions and stuff like that, you know. But, I mean, some things just happen, and, uh, you know, that's that's what we get paid to do, you know, is the cover guys, you know. So, um 
But like I said, we'll see. And, uh, you know, hopefully I don't get too many against me, you know. How have um, you seen Isaiah Oliver grow? Obviously, you're working a lot more with him this year. Um, Coach Quinn always talks about the jump players make from year one to year two. Where in particular have you seen him improve? Um, just, just you know, just way more comfortable, way more confident just in what he's doing, you know, playing and play out. Obviously, last thing, uh, last year, uh, things were new to him and stuff like that. But, you know, he, he's really smart. He picks up on things fast. And, uh, you know, he's getting into his groove. So I'm, I'm excited to see him uh, to play this year. Well, that was Desmond Trufant on uh, the new DPI penalty coming in and then discussing Isaiah Oliver, who uh, is slated to start in the secondary alongside of him. That was from the podium. You had questions asked by Justin Felder of Fox. And the other voice there was uh, Kelsey Conway of the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So, you know... uh, couple good interviews to start us off here today. Then just want to move down my list a couple things to talk about. You know, Gerald McCoy did land with the Carolina Panthers in division. It's immediately tweeting about going back to play in Tampa. Uh, if I looked at the schedule correctly, um, the Falcons play them. They don't play them until the 11th. I looked at Tampa Bay. I didn't look at Carolina. But, yeah, the, uh, all those games are in the second half of the season. So uh, the Falcons guards or whoever they are, if they're the rookies uh, or one of the rookies and one of the veterans or, or you got the rookies on the same side, um, you know, on the right side, then, you know, they'll be well seasoned by that point, having played uh, eight regular season games, five exhibition games. I don't know how much they're going to play them in those five, but they're going to have to get them out there and get them ready to play. Uh, one of the defensive lines in the division got a whole lot better uh, with Gerald McCoy uh, on it. And, uh, you know, Coach Quinn last week discussed, you know, whether the Falcons, uh, you know, didn't want to comment on McCoy, but they, he knew there, there were obvious connections with uh, Raheem Morris and Dirk Cutter being on the staff. Uh, When I pointed that out, I started to get information out of Tampa from some of my folks down there that, uh, hey, you know, uh, McCoy and Raheem weren't really on the same page. And uh, Drew McCoy didn't like uh, Raheem Morris's comments about, you know, uh, that being a Pop Warner injury when he uh, hurt his pec muscle for uh, arm tackling. You know, and I know what he's saying that, hey, you know, nobody teaches you to arm tackle. And uh, when you do, you get hurt. And uh, but Jerome McCoy didn't take too kindly of that uh, being uh, called an arm tackler by Raheem. So, you know, whether if the Falcons were really a player or not, we'll never know. Uh, They are tied against the cap. Uh, We have them with 300 and something plus thousand dollars before the six point four seven. Five that came off on June 1. So, you know, 6 7 wasn't going to be enough to get McCoy. And I said that right at the beginning. Of course, you know, they can do um, three adjustments and, uh, uh, you know, move some money around and get somebody if they were really interested and wanted to be a player. That 825 wasn't, 8.25 million wasn't, you know, unbearable. Uh, you know, he was coming off a $13 million deal and, some folks, uh, I know Pat Kerwin on SiriusXM Radio were predicting that uh, the bidding would go up to $11 million, and it did not. So, 
Uh, if they were a player, the numbers were not bad, but, you know, they did have history with Gerald McCoy, and some of it wasn't pleasant. So, uh, you know, we'll never know how that played out. But um, also my Tampa people pointed out that, hey, you know, that 2010 Tampa team that Raheem Morris took to 10-6 was one of the best coaching jobs in, in uh, you know, a while uh, around here, seeing those parts for sure. Uh, you know, Cadillac Williams was the running back. They had LeGarrette Blanc go for 1,000 yards. Uh, you know, Josh um, Freeman was a the quarterback there, and they had a pretty stout-looking defense. You know, of course, Rondé Barber was leading that. But it all fell apart the next year, and he didn't make it through the next season. Uh, but it should uh, – folks are still talking about him as a possible head coaching candidate in the future. We'll see and uh, wish him the best. Of course, Raheem Morris, the assistant head coach of the Falcons slash wide receivers. Just check later on today in our Cover 9 at 9 blog. We uh, have the information on Grady Jarrett's uh, big week. Got a golf tournament at Golf Top Golf, raising money for the We Need to Read program from uh, local DJ Greg Street and uh, for his anti-bullying initiatives. He also has a football and cheer camp, and we have a link in there. I believe it's Grady Jarrett 2019.0 everbright b-r-i-t-e dot com because uh, you do need to register if you want to attend that camp out at uh, Rockdale High of course you know get, uh, Grady's from out that way so yeah you know another thing here we uh, you know we talked to James Carpenter Desmond Trufant reviewed the the Gerald McCoy Derby and discussed Grady, jo- Grady Jarrett's big week uh, just a few other things here um, of note. All 23 of the rookies, drafted and undrafted, went to meet with Falcons owner Arthur Blank last week. Uh, of course, under the guise of player affairs, uh, guru Kevin Winston, one of the best in the league, to get indoctrinated, indoctrinated <laughs> to the uh, team's culture and how they like to do things and so forth. So, uh, you know, that that's uh, always a big, program for Kevin and their Falcons Rookie University, and uh, they got that taken care of last week. I'd just like to point your attention this week uh, as you move around Twitter and your social media outlets that the Pro Football Writers of America Awards are being handed out. Of course, Ryan Shazier of the Steelers won the Hallis Award uh, for the player overcoming a, a you know traumatic or great situation. The Good Guy Award went out today again to Chris Long, a repeat winner. That's the person who helps the media uh, do their job the best for the fans. <clears throat> Jack Horrigan Award will be coming out. Uh, that's the league or club official who helps the pro football writers the most. And uh, Falcons uh, general manager Thomas Dimitrov won that award in 2011. Uh, the Dick McCann Award goes out to the writer who will go to the Hall of Fame. The Pete, Pete Roselle, Rose, oh, Roselle Award goes to the top PR staff around the league that has helped uh, the media do its job. And then the top assistant coaches award goes out to Paul Zimmerman Award. Dr. Dr. Z is what everybody knows him as, the old longtime writer for Sports Illustrated. Uh, before Peter King took over, Paul, Dr. Z, 
Dr. Zimmerman awards go to the offensive lineman. Uh, excuse me, assistant coaches there. And so just another thing there. I just saw bumping around today. Saw Harry Douglas out at the OTAs kicking it with uh, Matt Ryan and Devontae Freeman. Uh, of course, you know, Harry, uh, local kid here, went to Louisville. Uh, I want to say played about eight or nine years in the league here with uh, the Falcons and the Titans. I think he finished up over there. I know he was thinking about going to law school at one point. I don't know if he made enough money to not do that now or be bothered with that that hard work. But if he does, good luck to him. So we're going to wrap this up here today. We've got uh, just on the calendar here coming up, we got a uh, coaches meeting on Wednesday. Uh, with the defensive coaches, we'll be getting uh, some stories for later on in the summer coming out of that. And then, um, you know, on Thursday, we'll have the last open day of OTAs. And uh, after that, we'll have the weekend off and come back next week, the 11th through the 13th, for the mandatory, mandatory mini camp where everyone is expected to be there. Julio. Grady Jarrett, Vic Beasley, Deion Jones uh, will join the rest of the crew that's been working in the offseason program for the mandatory mini camp, which is set for next week. With that, uh, you know, had to change up a little bit around this week with um, one of my main recorders down. Uh, missed out on my music here, my intro and ex- exit music. But uh, that's okay. We're not here for the bells and whistles. We're here for the information and what's going on with the Atlanta Falcons in the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. So with that, we're going to bid you adieu and uh, take care. Enjoy the rest of the week and look for the content on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 127th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.